up, everybody? Welcome back to episode five of Those Damn Sports. As always, I am your host, Benjamin Rubino, along with... Ryan Harlan. And Andres de los Santos. And boy, do we have some beaver sports to talk about from this past week. But first, as always, let's start off on a fun little fancy note. Think about a beaver alumni, you two, who has made it to the NFL or any professional league of any sport that makes you happy for their success. Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. He's like the first one I could think of. Brandon Cooks. I actually speak uh, on it. I oh I don't know. Brandon Cooks is like I feel like he's always underlooked. Even like now in the Houston yeah. Texans. Then again, it's a, he's on the Texans, so that makes sense. But uh, when he was on the Rams, he looked really good. The Saints looked really good. Uh, I have his Rams jersey that I, I actually wore today. <laughs> so um, yeah, Brandon Cooks. He, he's the first one that comes to mind. But of course, there's so many more. Ryan, I definitely would have to say uh, Matt Moore. Uh, former former Oregon State quarterback uh, won a ring with the Chiefs. So oh, hey, you know, proud Ugh. to see, proud to see Oregon State Beaver win a championship. So yeah. For for the record, that ugh was not for Matt Moore. It was for the Chiefs. But <laughs> you need to move on from the Chiefs, man. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't fall on. <laughs> it's hard. It's been five episodes on this. <laughs> I, I don't fault him. I still I still uh, still am not over the D Ford offsides call. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm still not over that. Right, you guys came up with some amazing beefs, but you still left me with my favorite and my initial choice. What was it? Gary Payton Jr. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know if yeah. you've seen him on ESPN oh, or yeah. any Gary House Payton. of Highlights uh, account, but Gary Payton's been high-flying through the NBA and just overall playing well with the Warriors. And he posterized Kelly Oubre. Literally yeah, he's posterized just like... about three people, three games in a row. Gary he's Payton just... is that guy. And he was the guy at Oregon State, and I'm glad he's finally having some will, success in the NBA. I will say, he's he's so fun to watch, too. Yeah. yeah. He's so electric. Defensively, too. Defensively, he's such a yeah, good guy. He puts in effort. He puts an effort. But before we move on, uh, I guess another thing to ask is, <laughs> who was the better Josh Allen on Sunday? Ryan, right. Can you explain the situation? Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, it, for those that did not watch the Bills Jaguars game, uh, which ended in a score of six to nine, disgusting score by the way. <laughs> yes, I kind of like it. <laughs> uh, there were two players on the field, both on opposing teams, with the same name, and this was the first time that two players with the same name had shared the same field. So Josh Allen of the Jacksonville Jaguars sacked, got an interception, and returned a fumble from Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. This is the first time this has ever happened in NFL history. So who was the better Josh Allen? <laughs> I think Josh Allen was a better Josh Allen <laughs> on the Jags. Josh yep. Allen yeah. on, the, on the Jags. I'm going to have to go with Josh Allen on this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh, Josh Allen, Allen, Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wait, Dark Horse? Yeah, wait, no, still Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh yeah, Allen. Josh, yeah, Allen. Josh, Allen. Josh, Josh Allen. Allen pretty Josh good. Josh Allen, yeah. Let's get into some Beaver news, you guys. Um, so guess what? Basketball started last week. Woo, Not woo. officially. It was, it was an exhibition game. Uh, the home opener is technically tomorrow, Tuesday, That's versus right. Portland State. But let's look into, which was actually a narrow... Uh, victory for the Beavers over St. Martin's, and it came down to um, two seconds left in the game. One of our transfers, Deshaun Davis, did a three-pointer with two seconds left, which gave Oregon State an 83-80 to lead mm-hmm. and eventually the win because St. Martin's just tried to throw it in following yeah. play, and Beavers uh, intercepted the ball and in the game. But St. Martin's, a talent of a D2 school, really. Yeah. This, was well, supposed yeah. to be a, this was supposed to be a... Big blow beaver out. win. Yeah, blow not almost, blowout, but... You have to say it's a little concerning play. to only have a little, the, the narrow edge to the win, but there has to be some positives to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. well, of course. I mean, I mean, a, I mean, a win's a win. So, nonetheless, win's a win, I guess yeah. it's good. But 
Maurice Kalu, who declared for the draft this past year but decided to come back mm-hmm. to the Beavers, uh, had a team-high 21 points in the game, wow. shooting 7 for 12. Wow. And just like he did in the March Madness tournament, 3 for 4 from beyond the arc and 4 for 5 from the free throw line. He's shown and proven to be still one of the Beavers' best and most reliable shooters. Nice. Look at the percentage. No, and I think it's a good thing that he decided to come back too. Obviously, you know, it's like that elite A run. I'm not saying that they got overconfident, but a lot of individuals are like, oh, I can make the NBA. And then to take a step back, it's like, you know what? I like the college realm, though, a little bit more. So mm-hmm. maybe I'm, I'm glad he came back. Uh, he's a huge for this offense. Both him and Alatiche coming back, by the way. Yeah, both him and Alatiche. Big moves for the boys. Kalu, he played, he played n- roughly about 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, for the Beavers. <laughs> roughly played about 19 minutes overall. And, um, yeah, like you said, 7 for 12, 3 for 5 um, for, th- for 3. Uh, yeah, he's a good player to have around. I'm really glad he stayed. Mm-hmm. Let's look at who else contributed for the Beavers in this game. Yeah. Uh, Worth Altiche, 14 points, 7 rebounds. A newcomer, Trey Williams, he added 12 points and 7 assists. Uh, another member of the team from last year, Rodri Gandela, scored all 9 of his points in the first half. Wow. While true freshman, who's an exciting player, by the way, Glenn Taylor Jr., scored all 8 of his in the second frame. Nice, okay. So, like, some evenly distribution, some even distribution amongst the players, like, kind of keeping the subs fresh. Yeah, uh, fresh set of legs in the court. And what also seemed to be a big issue that Tinkle was, Coach Tinkle was looking to do with the team, uh, you can see 27 assists on their 33 baskets. So only six unassisted baskets. Ball movement's been a big thing with this team and their success through the tournament, and it's still showing now with Johnny Hunt as our starting point guard. Yeah, that's good for chemistry, too, when you think about it. Like the fact that they're so un- unselfish and willing to pass the ball around, it says a lot to the, to the team. Most definitely. Well, we have to give credit to... St. Martin's as well. Yeah. They're very scrappy and well-coached. Uh, they built a 14-point first-half lead that made Oregon State really Did work. they really? Yeah. yeah. Four, they were up by 14. Yeah, no, I didn't and know that game, either. Like you said, where Oregon State's supposed to be blowing them out, showing why they're dominant, mm-hmm. made it to the Elite Eight. But it made Oregon State work from behind that game, in the game. Um, but to their credit, the Saints were shooting 50% from three, 15 for 30 and oh, outscored wow. the Beavers 12 to 2 on second chance points. Wow. Showing dominance within the paint. Uh, for them, Alex Schumacher scored, which was a game high, 22 points, while Christian Hafner for them knocked down seven triples, which were all of his 21 points. Jeez. Jeez. Yeah. So. Definition of a shooter right there. Well, definition of a shooter and definition of a scrappy team that you can't really count out. It doesn't That's matter. True, yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter the school that you play for. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what division. It matters the five men, five to 10 men. Well, five that you're putting on the court at once yeah. Yeah. that are, are showing the heart to win the game. And really, St. Martin's was doing that. They are, Something yeah. that Oregon State has to look themselves in the mirror and be like, what is the goal of this team right now? Yeah. We lost our leader, Ethan Campbell. and Ethan Thompson. Thompson. My bad. <laughs> Ethan Thompson. And now it's time to see who's going to step up. Yeah. No, I agree. And then it's just like, yeah, you. if the Oregon State, they win by three points. Like you said, they this team, they won their first Pacto Championship last year. They made the Elite Eight. You expect a lot more out of them than a mere three-point win. Nonetheless, a win's a win. But at the same time, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it because, in a sense, it's kind of a new team. You know, you lose you lose a couple of players, get a couple of players here. So, not, not and that's not a brand, brand new team, but they're still building chemistry. They're still working together. They're still practicing. Still getting to know each other, like each other's playing styles. So, yeah. I'm not too worried about this team yet. I'll be more concerned if... Tomorrow doesn't go as planned, yeah. but as of right now, I'm not too worried about it. Like I, I saw, like the they, that Oregon State almost barely got the win. Didn't bother me too much. I was like, okay, you know. Well, that's just how happens. the game's being framed from the journalism perspective. Exactly. It's all yeah. talking about, oh, they edged it out. It was a narrow victory, but really, you have to look at 
the exactly. game too. And yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm at fault for this. Just a couple minutes ago, I was saying they barely edged out the win. <laughs> but um, speaking of tomorrow's game, they're opening up the 2021-2022 regular season against Portland State at 7.30 inside Gill Coliseum. And can't be there. The game will be televised on Pac-12 Network. Do you want to know more about that series, Ben? Because I have the notes pulled up in front of me. Tell me a little. So, overall, Portland State is 0-15 against Oregon State. In fact, 11 of the last 15 wins have been in Corvallis. But one thing to note is that while PSU, they have never won against OSU, six of the last seven games have been decided by four, five, three, five, six, and five points. So they're close. It's close always a close game. The one outlier was a 101-68 to 68 loss back in 2011. So 10 years ago. 10 years ago. 10 yeah. years ago. So huh. Nonetheless. Much uh, different team. Although, yeah, much different yeah. team. And although they've, they've never won a series, I'd still, the fact that it's so close, considering that Oregon State, we saw that Oregon State, they keep it close in games. Um, yeah, I definitely said this is going to be a good game in terms of just who wants it more. And then. Like PSU, they were nine and thirteen during during the COVID nineteen COVID uh, year. It was their first non winning season for the program since 2016, 2017. So they have a lot, a lot to show, a lot, a lot to prove. And um, no, they they can definitely be a tough team. And yeah. they, by their coach, like he's committed to the team and their players. They're starting to get more talent too. I've seen through transfer portals. So it's gonna see. It's gonna be Speaking interesting the what they bring into Gil Coliseum. <laughs> Speaking of the coach, um, Ben. So Ryan and I were looking over the game notes this morning. Yeah, <laughs> all of us were. All of yeah, us were. All the of game us were. Notes. Yeah. And then um, I'll just read this to you. This is in the game notes. <clears throat> New head coach Jace Coburn made national news and was trending on social media when, at his introductory press conference, he pointed out that he quote doesn't eat breakfast because he wants to come to work hungry every day end quote. <laughs> it was a curiosity. It may be good for a laugh or two, but it speaks to who the man is and his intensity about coach of the game. That sounds like a man to me. <laughs> so that sounds like a true coach. True coach. Yeah, he doesn't, true coach doesn't eat eats breakfast. nails for breakfast, or doesn't eat breakfast without any milk. Without any milk. Without any milk. <laughs> I th- I mean I'm not I'm not talking trash about the coach at all. I thought no. that was pretty funny. It, it kind of reminded me of like the Gardner Minshew yeah. situation the, uh, where it was yeah, like I, I haven't taken a dump in two weeks. Or yeah, because like number two is not number an, option. an option. I mean, I I get the message, you know. I mean, it's good because Chase Coburn, he's the brand new head coach this year. Yeah. Uh, for the Vikings, for the Portland State Vikings. So I get the message you're trying to say, but at the same time, you could say it a bunch of different ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. you didn't need to phrase it necessarily like that. <laughs> but back to Oregon State. So, back to Oregon um, State. Their probable lineup, I guess, according to the game notes, the probable mm-hmm. lineup is going to be, so Johnny Hunt will be at guard, Jared Lucas will be at guard, Dashaun Davis, um, guard, Maurice Kalu at forward, and Rodrigo Dalla at forward. So but, we're running a three-guard lineup. Yeah, the Beavers are. Mm-hmm. But Andala, okay. he'll probably play like the center position because mm-hmm. he's the tallest. He's six eight. Wait, so Silva's not starting? Silva's not starting now. So um, yeah, that is the starting lineup. Uh, three juniors, two seniors. Um, yeah, like you said, no Roman Silva. Uh, so nonetheless, a pretty solid lineup, if you ask me. And then in terms of lineup for Vikings for the Portland State Vikings. That is going to be a game-time decision because, according to the notes, it says that PSU had a pair of closed-door scrimmages leading into non-conference play rather than playing a traditional exhibition. So two closed-door scrimmages, meaning no one saw except the coaches. So the, the starting lineup is anyone's guess mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Nonetheless, so I like that, though. I like, I like that when like teams are like, oh, like you don't know. Like it, it was kind of, It's kind of like uh, when Washington State played Oregon State like the first game of the COVID year, and no one knew Delora was going to be the starter. 
people are like, oh, who's this heartache? It's the Lord. No, it's this guy. It's this guy. It's very, I kind of, I, I hate it, <laughs> but I also kind of like it because like, it's like, oh, it's like, it's like more like anticipation to build up for it, mm-hmm. you know? Most even, definitely. Even though Portland State has seven transfers, um, six of them having Division One experience. so One of which, I'm not sure if we've talked about, is Joel Mariel academically ineligible to play for the Beavers this season. I was talking about Portland State. Oh, you're still talking about my bad. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's okay. You know, granted, I, don't, I can't blame Ben too much because we're recording this episode at 7.49 p.m. Uh, we switched states. <laughs> yeah, for our for listeners. basketball purposes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, nonetheless, Ben, I forgive you. I forgive, forgive you for that one. But um, yeah. Nonetheless, let's, let's talk about that, man. Actually, so yeah, Chol Mariel ruled ineligible to start mm-hmm. the season. Um, I know I texted you and I really we broke the news. Like what just happened? Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, that is a huge blow for the Beavers, especially. It's a huge blow. It seemed like shocking news the most, except Wayne Tinkle, who apparently was aware of this situation mm-hmm. of his Maryland credits potentially not being able to transfer over to Oregon State. But um, there's a quote from him saying he's confident in getting. His grades eligible. Yeah. Shortly, I don't know if he'll be able to play this season. Well, it it just says that he'll start as an eligible, mm-hmm. and that he maintains his scholarship because of practice with the team. He just can't compete. Yeah. So I don't know what that looks like, and I I I, I highly doubt it's gonna be for the whole season. Yeah, I hope not. I hope not. Yeah, because that man is Cho Mario. Yeah, like you said, uh, transfer from Maryland. Uh, I know he's like seven foot two, pretty much. Yeah, he's seven two, two thirty five. Um, he's literally an inch taller than Roman Silva. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a huge one for the viewers. But I think I think this team will be fine with Donovan for a little bit. I think he'll find his way back into the rotation right, slowly well, but surely. Another season opener tomorrow on Tuesday. Coach Wayne Tinkle is seven and zero in season openers right now. That's right. I know we're very bad at predictions, at least when it <laughs> comes to football. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, can yeah. you uh, speak on to if Wayne Tinkle will be eight and zero? In the season opener tomorrow night? I think he will, and I'm going to go Beavers by... Hmm. I'm going to go Beavers by 17. Okay. I like number 17. Beavers by 12. Okay. What about you, Ryan? I got Beavers by 14. Okay. I so like the points. I have the highest of the bunch. Yeah. Okay. I like the points. I like 17. the points. 17. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, the last time the Beavers played Portland State, they did win 67 to 62. In that game, Jared Lucas, who's still with the team, he didn't play in the exhibition. I don't. Uh, um, I think he did. Let's double check on that. Yeah. He did. Okay, he, he played did. 15 minutes. Uh, he's, it says he was 0 for 5 in field goals and 0 for 5 in three pointers. Okay. Well, so I'm assuming all the, all the shots are three pointers. Yeah. I mean, it could have been the case, but hopefully they'll turn around. But hopefully. in the last game against Portland State, he did score 15 points. Uh, Al Tiche added 13 points, 11 rebounds, and four assists that game. Right. I'm hoping for some last year success for this year. I think it's still lingering around. Very safe think, to say. I think because like it's it's a brand team. It's a not brand new team, but they have returning players, players that know what it takes to win. So I think the team's in good hands. Honestly, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Th- I don't think that the them making to the elite was a fluke. A lot of people were saying it was a fluke, but no, I don't think it was. I, I don't think, think it was, it was just either. a lot of heart and talent and like everything clicked at the right moment for the Beavers. So mm-hmm. I think they have a good chance of this season would be good for them. Yeah, and I wasn't particularly too worried about the. You know, exhibition game either. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, Coach Wayne Tinkle is trying to figure out who he has on his team and how to structure the lineup. Exactly. Yeah. Could take a couple of weeks until it's it a could, yeah. solid it could, lineup. Yeah. I just hope it's not like our freshman year where there was two four game losing streaks in the same season. Yeah. Yeah. That was rough. <laughs> that was really rough. Just like it was like literally like a four game losing streak. They won two games back to a four game losing streak. And I was like, whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, covering those games is not fun. <laughs> it's broad range of emotions. A lot of broad range of emotions, indeed. What was fun, though, also earlier this week, women's basketball had an exhibition game I did see versus that. Western Washington University, mm-hmm. where they easily got the victory. Um, let's take a look a little deep, bit deeper how this Oregon State women's team was able to win 73-43. to 43 a lot more convincing than the men. Yeah. As it should have been. Um, so here's a quote from Oregon State's head coach, Scott Ruick. Let's hear it. I think we had some nerves early on, and Western Washington presented a unique challenge with the style they play, particular at the five position. I was really happy with the way we adjusted, and we continued to get better as the game went along. Overall, it was all positive today. It was a blast to be back in Gill, and I can't wait until next Friday. Nice. So that's something you like to hear from the coach. I like and that positivity he has. He has everything like to Scott. be positive about. Let's look at I like Scott. Ellie Mack leading the uh, leading the Beavers with 14 points and 6 rebounds, shooting an impressive 6 for 7 from the Ooh. floor. Talia von Ophelhofen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Talia von Ophelhofen. I'm clipping that part. <laughs> Well, she recorded 11 points. Wait, 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 restart. It's Talia von Olhoffen. Talia von Olhoffen. All right. Talia von Olhoffen recorded 11 points, five assists, and two blocks in the game, while Taylor Jones put up 10 points and pulled down five rebounds. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Overall, like, wow. Those, are, those are like the three best Oregon State players. I, I have to agree. I have to. On argue. the team this year. On yes. the team, yeah. Ellie Mack especially because she's she's a dark horse in my opinion. Yeah. She's like no one like. Like people under, underestimate, underestimate her a lot, and she just comes out firing. Six for seven from the floor—that's huge. And I think Talia von Olahovman, she's just picking up where she left off. She had a phenomenal, uh, quote unquote, freshman season. It was kind of weird because she graduated high school early to play for the Beavers. So, whatever the season that was, she did really good in that too. But yeah, eleven points, five assists, and two blocks. That's that's really really good. And then Taylor Jones obviously picking up where she left off too. This is just an impressive game all throughout. I mean. The Beavers heading into halftime. We're already up 36 to 29 mm-hmm. midway through the third quarter. Now they're up 53 to 34. Right. Going on basically a 17, yeah, 17 to 5 point run. And then ending the fourth quarter with a 20 to 9 um, margin versus the Vikings defense. Right. It just showed why this team won by 30. Everything that they did, all the practice from the offseason really showed in the confidence on the court. And they're leading it into um, when did they play this week? They play on Friday. So yeah, they play on yeah. Friday. So they play on Friday. They play against Loyola Marymount. Yeah, Loyola Marymount. Yeah. Yes. And actually, it'll be uh, Ryan. You want to? Do you want to spill the news? Yeah, I get to call that game. Woo-hoo. That's gonna be, be exciting. Play by play. Yeah, that'll be Ryan's first game. He's calling. Yeah. What, what are you? Are you play by play or color? Uh, I'm assuming I'm doing color commentary because okay. I know Sam. She's probably going to do play by play. Okay. Yeah, I was uh, Ben. Actually, Ben, I didn't tell you this. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben, Paul, and I were supposed to commentate yesterday's or tomorrow's game, but for some reason the equipment wasn't connecting here, so we, that might not happen after all. Oh, which I am sad not to call the basketball game because it didn't make a spotting chart for it. However, that means I get to go as a fan, which Woo-hoo. means yes. all three of us are going to the game tomorrow. I will yeah. be there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, but nonetheless, though, yeah, definitely. Uh, do want to give kudos to Ryan for. Uh, Calling his first basketball game or going to call his first basketball game. That's right. I got to make a spotting chart. <laughs> I, will, I will say, I know. And I'm calling the basketball game on Saturday with Ben Paul, picking up where we left off. Um, ben Paul and I, we are 2 0. You mean football? Fo- yeah. What did I say? Basketball. basketball. Football. We're calling football. Yeah. We were, we were supposed to call basketball. We're calling football. Uh, ben Paul and I, we are 2 0. 
in the football and football commentary. Every time you guys broadcast the game, we Every, win. Exactly. So maybe fingers crossed, knock on wood, we'll get a win. Thank you, Brian. Good to hear that. Knocking on wood. Knocking on wood. <laughs> yeah. Nonetheless, though, so, um, yeah, broadcasting. You'll you'll do great, Ryan. You'll do great. But back to the women's though. Yeah, looked really phenomenal <laughs> against uh, Western Washington, and I think they're just picking up where they left off. I know they made the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, they got a they got a victory over Florida State, eighty three to fifty nine, and then they would lose to I think the top seed South Carolina, forty two to fifty nine. Uh, that that loss obviously it stings in in one way or another. It yeah. stings, you know. You do, you know like the men had such great success. The women were like, why can't we do it? Yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, I think they're just picking up where they left off. Uh, especially this year where it's more like a, a normal year, quote unquote, normal year now. So they're they're just picking up where they left off and. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see this team uh, just perform. A lot of the good players. I know Ellie Mack, Ellie Mack, Taylor Jones, Noah Manning, I think is another underrated one. Uh, a lot of newcomers, too, like A.J. Murat. Greta uh, Camp Schroeder. That's how you say it. Thank you. Yeah. Tay Adams, you know. And all led by an amazing coach. And Scott, Scott Rick. Rick. Yes. Yeah. I like Scott's enthusiasm. I do too. Scott is very, he's a very passionate man. I yeah. do. I do I appreciate uh, that. That's what are, I want in the head we coach. We are a pro Scott Ruick podcast yes i love that man we, we are a pro scott ruick and wayne tinkle podcast scott yeah, wayne if you want to come on here uh, <laughs> we would love to have, you, love on to have you on nonetheless though yeah i think i think the overall theme here is two good basketball programs two amazing coaches two great cultures too much potential too much potential too much yeah potential. <laughs> thank you man yeah nonetheless so yeah i'm excited for your basketball to pick up um exhibitions out the way we kind of know what each team is capable of. And, uh, yeah, I'm just really excited for basketball season. I will say I do like football a little bit more, but mm-hmm. basketball is obviously a special place in my heart too. So, yeah, I'm excited for that for sure. Well, as some seasons come to a start, it also means some fall sports are coming to an end. That's true. Men's soccer been very impressive this year. And they're they're coming towards um, the end of their regular season at least. Let's break down to last week their 1-0 to victory over... San Diego State University. Or San Diego State. I don't know if there's a university. San Diego State University. <laughs> oh, yeah. SDSU. San Diego State University. Okay. So this game, um, we'll score this up until the almost the 60th minute where Javier Armas got a uh, goal assisted by Adrian Crespo. Mm-hmm. And what this did, it did uh, improve the Beavers' record to 12-1-2. and one and two. Or maybe it was a little. I think 12-1-2. and one and two. 12 and 2, yeah. Yeah, at this point in time, it was that. So, they edge past San Diego State, 1 0. In San Diego, by the way, this win helped them clinch a share of the Pac 12 title. And if in their final game of the season versus Washington, which I believe is this Friday, it's this Thursday. It's Veterans Day. This Thursday. Veterans Day. All right. So, by the time this podcast, podcast comes out, it already happened. Yeah. But resulting in that victory, it could be a victory or a draw for Oregon State, mm. and they will be the outright winners of the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, nonetheless, that's that's, that's very cool. That I think, is very cool. That I is keep, cool. Keep, we have whiteboards in my in my uh, apartment, and I wrote, we are a soccer school. And then, and then that was the night that uh, the Utah game happened, so we are a football school. More on that later. But nonetheless, yeah, we I think it's safe to say Oregon State is a soccer school. Slowly becoming one, too. Slowly becoming an all-around sports school. All-around sports school, yeah. But soccer's been super impressive this they year. Have. I've loved... Uh, watching their success and watching the team. This victory was also, it added another shutout to the team's record for this year, mm-hmm. something that the team's been doing very um, 
commonly, but after this game against San Diego State, the Beavers were set to play UCLA. Right. And it was the same situation that it will be against Washington, mm-hmm. either a draw or a win, and they're the outright winners of the Pac-12. Unfortunately, that game came to a 3-2 to two loss. 3-2 to two loss. Not as much of a happy outcome, but there's it, um, let's bring it up before I just keep rambling. <laughs> did you watch the game, Ryan? No, I did not, but I do have the recap up here. Uh, the number two Oregon State men's soccer team fell to UCLA 3-2 to two in Los Angeles. Uh, the Beavers are now 12-2-2, and 7-1-1 in the Pac-12 on the season. Um, coming out of a scoreless first half, the Bruins found the net in the 46th and 58th minutes to take a 2-0 lead. Oh, dang. Beavers put score on the board in the 64th minute off um, a header from redshirt senior Tyron Mondi's cross. Uh, Bruins extended their lead in the 82nd minute, and it's just really – it was a tight game really all around. Sounds like it. And it's, it's you know, obviously unfortunate that they didn't win, but they got the opportunity to either win or draw against Washington uh, here at home on Thursday, and they win the Pac-12 championship, which I am very much excited for. Oh, and then it's too. on the playoffs. Andres, you know a little more about the soccer playoffs, I think, than Ryan or I would. Yeah, um – so before I do that, so yeah, OSU, they have a chance to claim the Pac-12 title outright in the final match against Washington. However, the Beavers, they can also lock up an outright conference championship with the San Diego win or tie against Washington. So whichever happens first. Okay. Nonetheless, uh, yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of like not weird how soccer is done in the college realm. Um, pretty much it's like uh, if you're like top 10 in the country, you automatically get a spot, obviously, top 10 in the country. Yeah, and then from there it's like I think it's like bids. They call it "quote unquote" bids. Yeah, it's like you like draw draw your way into the tournament. I know last year Oregon State uh, they were I don't forgot what their seed was, but they were they they faced off against Virginia Tech the first round. It was they were like twenty something. Twenty something, yeah. They were were ranked last year. I think maybe eighteen. Maybe I could be wrong. Um, yeah. So uh, they they play uh, they played it in North Carolina. I think it was in North Carolina. Uh, first game in the tournament. Against Virginia Tech, it was a close like two to two game, right? And then like at the third minute, with like literally three seconds left, Virginia Tech scored a goal. So OSU they didn't they didn't really advance that championship, but um yeah, pretty much still works. It's kind of like it's not I wouldn't say a March Madness per se, but at the same time anything could happen in the in the college sports and soccer especially. So uh yeah, I think it's uh, I'm really excited to see the soccer championship play out for sure. It'll be North Carolina again, same place as well last year. But I think the Beavers, uh, they'll be a higher seed than last year because currently they are ranked at the number two in the RPI index. Mm-hmm. Washington's ranked number one, one, by the way. Surprisingly. Yeah. I know, surprisingly, yeah, considering that Oregon we State beat them. them. Yeah. yeah. I'll be um, interested to see what happens to RPI ranking after Thursday night. Depending it, on yeah, it all comes out of what happens. It all comes yeah, out of what happens. Yeah. Add some, add some, you all know. I'm saying is that if Oregon State didn't want to, they could do it again. So I'm not. It's going to be a good game for sure. Yeah. I think that game will be packed too because uh, it's Veterans Day. Like, there's not, like no school. Mm-hmm. And got then the day off. Got the day off. And then people know what's at stake here. So I, I expect a line out of that game. <laughs> Unless it's very exciting though. Uh, yeah, just soccer, the sport of soccer, I'm really glad to see, like, in general, the sport of soccer getting more recognition. As a former soccer player myself, I think all of us play soccer at one point, right? At yeah, some point. Yeah. Yeah. Some as, point. Child. As, as former soccer players, I think we all can appreciate, like, the love this sport is getting, especially the collegiate scene, you know, because, like, 
the end of the day, like these college athletes, they're like they're grinding like tooth and nail. There's blood, sweat, tears, put everything they have into like their sport to get better at it. And to see that they're finally getting acknowledged about it, I think it's pretty cool. I'm really happy for these guys. I know, like, I know a couple of players personally. I'm really excited to see them um, play on, t- on Thursday. Kind of just advance, just keep fighting tooth and nail. But yeah, one heck of a season for this men's team, I will say. For yeah. sure. And you can't take that away from them. You cannot. On, I mean, anything that happens in the playoffs, but have to root on the Beavers. Of course you do. Yeah. Of course you have to root yeah. on the Go Beavers. here. Of course you have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to, guys. Um, who's ready for football? Oh. <sighs> I guess. I mean. I guess. I guess we but, must talk about it because oh, we don't. We could. We could. No, we have to. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. We, we we must. It, I, it's I, our I, it's I our just, job. I just want to point out, uh, wrestling. They did go one and one over the weekend. Before we move on to more football stuff, would they wrestle against? So, uh, wrestling. They had their first dual meet of the season. Uh, they went up against Campbell University of Campbell, and they went up against the University of Lehigh. So. Versus Campbell. So they split duels um, in Gil Coliseum Saturday night. Uh, two wrestlers, Mateo Almost and Grant Willits, they both went 2-0 on the night. So Almost defeated Campbell's Austin Murphy by a score of 6-4 in his first bout. And then followed that up with a 4-1 decision over Lehigh's Jake Logan in the second round. Willits defeated uh, Campbell's Shannon Hanna, 7-4 at 141. And then followed that up with a 3-0 decision victory over Lehigh's Dan Moore. So yeah. So in total, Oregon State uh, against Campbell, they won by a team score of twenty-three to twelve. Counting here, one, two, three, four, five, six. There were six um, Oregon State wrestlers that got a victory. Uh, Brandon Keller, one twenty-five. Grant Willis, one forty-one. Excuse me, Hunter Willits at one fifty-seven. Matthew Ogine, one sixty-five. Let's say almost at one seventy-four, and Gary Traub at heavyweight. And then um, against Lehigh, Lehigh did get the victory over Oregon State. They won 21 to 12. Only one, two, four Oregon State wrestlers won against Lehigh. Uh, Jason Shannon, 133. Grant Willis, 141. Corey Crooks over uh, at 149. And then it was Mateo almost at 174. And then, of course, there were a couple extra matches that didn't really count. But uh, attendance there was uh, 556 people in Guild Coliseum. So not, not, not too packed, but um, packed enough to get a crowd going in there. But yeah. So nonetheless, uh, one and one on the season. That's definitely a lot better start than last season because last season Oregon State they dropped their first three dual meets in a row. Ooh. Same same tournament. Yeah, it was really the same tournament. A uh, lot dropped all straight through their matches or thought three dual meets in a row. So uh, yeah, one one record, not too bad. Do you know uh, what's up next for them? Yes. So they return to action on Saturday. They take on Penn State in uh, Mannheim, Pennsylvania. So that that match gets underway at four p.m. Pacific time. And Penn State, this is going to be a pretty uh, tough challenge for the Beavers because Penn State is, how do I put this? At once, once upon a time, they were considered the Bama of, fo- of football. like Bama of wrestling? Bama of wrestling, yeah. Because they were just so dominant. There was like, there was uh, five wrestlers from 149 to 184. They called it Murderer's Row because all five were national champs. Yeah, it was pretty, yeah, exactly. Pretty scary times. Nonetheless, though, um, yeah, it's gonna be a tough one. But I'm pretty confident in the Beavers. I think they got this. Good. I know. Yeah, Devin Turner. He did. He did lose his match uh, five to four, but he'll bounce back. He's a tough guy. This one's my, my brother right there. Mateo, almost another good guy. He'll bounce back, or he'll continue dominating. He's up two zero already. And then Gary Traub, obviously, just 
Gary, gas tank Gary Trout, man. Can't stop that. <laughs> okay. Now that we got some happy news out the way, I figured we'd talk about football for a little bit. Well, not <sighs> a little bit. We have to talk about football. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, but it's our job. Since both both you both you Ben and Ryan look a little bit sad about this, uh, I, I I can take I can take the the lead here. So I guess one thing to note is that Everett Hayes, kicker, sophomore kicker out of Granite Bay, California, um, he knocked down a school record sixty yard field goal at the end of regulation. However, the Oregon State football team did lose to. Nonetheless, though, yeah, um, sixty yarders, sixty yard field goal. Can like, I say something funny about this game? Yes, you can. Okay, so. Colorado had the ball. I want to say under a minute left. Right. Yeah. I was upset about the game. Decided me too. to leave the house I was in. Oh no, me too. Beavers. Me too. I was thinking Beavers I lost. I broke my pencil during I'm, that. I'm going back home. Like this really sucks. I can't believe I have to talk about the Beavers losing for an hour on Monday. <laughs> and then I get a call from one of my friends. You have to get back here. You have to get back here. <laughs> and at this point, Oregon State didn't even have the ball yet. But right as soon as I'm walking back into the door. Everett Hayes is lining up for a 60-yarder. Oh. I'm like, no way. This is not how this is going down. <laughs> I didn't think I, he would make it. I was about to miss this. And then everyone's super excited. I have a funny story, too, actually. So, uh, yeah, I was watching the game, too. Uh, and then my roommates were like, oh, we're done. They shut the TV off. And I was like, man, all right, screw this. So, uh, Patience today, John, uh, the barometer editor and the assistant editor, they were like, hey, you want to go watch Eternals? I was like, yeah, sure, go watch Eternals. Yeah, so I went out with them. You know, we're in line to buy our, our tickets. People talking about the game, like, oh, Oregon State's coming back. They're coming back. They're coming back. And I was like, what? No, no way. So we got there early. We got to, like, the movie started at 8. Got there, like, at around 7.30-ish. And I see someone kind of, like, in the like I'm in the back. I can see him in the first row, like, watching the game on his phone. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, he's got the game on. He's got the game on. And then, like, patients today, John and Seaman, and then they're like, just go down there. And I was like, all right, cool. So I run down there to go check it out, right? Soon enough, 12 people... Are holding on this one guy in his phone, right? And we're watching. We're just like, oh, it's gonna happen. And they're like, we see every hey, lineup for the field goal. We're like, okay, it's gonna happen. Like, it's gonna happen. Like, snap is good, hold is good, kick is good. It went through the uprights. We like screamed. Like, we were like, we screamed like something like a bombing off. We were just like, oh my goodness, did you see that? High fiving, soda, popcorn flying everywhere. Like, oh my goodness, like they just like hugs, like we're hugging each other. I don't know these people. Sports bring strangers together. <laughs> we're just like, oh my god, we have a chance. And people are like, wow, what's going on? And then it's like, Everett Hayes made a 60 yard, and everyone's like going, like, oh my goodness. Yeah, 60, that, probably good from 65, or maybe. Yeah, yeah no, that's good from 65. Nonetheless, though, so, oh my goodness, yeah, that field goal was good. Yeah. Ryan, do, you have, do you have a funny story about that? Uh, I was, I had to watch, uh, I had to watch <laughs> the the game because I wrote an article on that. Uh, go check that out uh, <laughs> if if you have not read it yet. Uh, but I was sitting there, I, I was pissed, you know that, you know, and it was just like, oh great. And then as soon as we got the ball back, I was like, there's no way, there's no way we're gonna win this. It's gonna be some last, you know, hail mary attempt, right? And I was like, well, okay, you know, we lose, we lose. And then I see Everett Hayes line up for the field goal. I'm like, there's no way we're kicking a 60-yard field goal right now. There's no way we're kicking a field goal. There's no way. (laughs) And Everett Hayes drills it. And I'm just sitting there with my mouth open like, oh, oh, shoot, we're going to overtime. (laughs) We're going to overtime, and uh, yeah, you texted me like all caps, like every day. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "This is not a drill. This We're, is not a. This is not yeah. a drill." Oh, by the way, uh, sh- uh, shout out Pat McAfee for the retweet. By the way, oh yeah, yeah. Pat McAfee. Yeah, he retweeted. We got some love from he, Pat McAfee. Yeah, he no retweeted way. the clip. Yeah, 
From the yeah. man himself. From the man himself. Oh very gosh. for the brand. That 60-yard field goal was very for the brand. That's so cool. Exactly. Yeah, right? I was like, I love this. Just the 60-yard field goal. Pat McAfee seeing this clip and loving it. Oh, Can't get beautiful. Any better than that. Nonetheless, though, so that, that field, field goal, goal conversion by an FBS kicker this season. Yeah, and then he passed the record of 58 yards. Which was set. So Evan Hazy passed the OSU record that was previously 58 yards. He passed Chris Mangold, who made it in 1982, and Alexis Cerna in 2006. And it's funny because Alexis Cerna now he is the director of Beyond Football for Oregon State. Oh wow! So, wow. So you go full circle. And then uh, BJ Baylor, he did score a touchdown to match Colorado's score in the first overtime. But obviously the Buffaloes they got a field goal in the second overtime period that gave them the victory. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, Baylor, he rushed for 98 yards and the overtime score, and he moved to 28th overall on the Beavers' career rushing list. On the up and up. Trey Lowe, he accounted for 112 yards of total offense, including a 31-yard touchdown run carry. So in this game, I I just quickly want to touch on this. No to Sean Fenwick. Yeah. It was was B.J. Baylor and Trey Lowe. Trey Lowe was playing well. I have to give it to him, but I mean, do you you know what was happening? Uh, I don't. Neither do I. No, I didn't hear neither do from I. Any coaches? No stories. Nothing, and nothing from the broadcast either. By the yeah, way, kind of under yeah. the radar there. Yeah, I, I wonder. I, I don't know. I didn't know Jonathan Smith. He had a press conference, so maybe he has something to mention in that. I'm surprised the president picked that up either. Yeah, yeah. Because you would think that there'd be like some heads like circling, head scratching, like, "Wait, what's going on?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, good eye, Ben. I didn't notice yeah. that. Nonetheless, uh, so Chance Nolan, uh, quarterback, he came up with 255 yards and a touchdown through the air. To go along with 39 rushing yards. Trishon Harrison, he finished with three catches for 47 yards and one touchdown. Jadon Grant, Alex Austin, Avery Roberts, they led the Beavers with eight tackles apiece. With Keaton Oladipo, he recorded seven tackles, including three for loss. And Colorado, Colorado did jump early. It, uh, they had scored on their first two offensive possessions. They Seems 10-0. to be a common theme for mm-hmm. pretty common yeah. defense yeah. lately. I did notice, I, I, I did see, like, I looked, I didn't watch the game again because I was working with Garrett, mm-hmm. but I looked at the score and I was like, okay, they're down. I'm not worried about it. Because uh-huh. I think of the Utah game. I'm like, oh, I'm not worried about Everyone it. Everyone uses the Utah yeah. game as the, oh, it's just Utah. Like, we'll, just, yeah. we'll be good. We'll be good. We'll be good. But then, they weren't. <laughs> Obviously, then the Beavers answered back with a 14-yard Jack Little touchdown run early Impressive in the second run, quarter. by the way. For yeah. a big man like him being able to yeah, fourteen stay yards, up on his powerful run, like his longest career like rushing yard, probably fourteen yeah. yards. <laughs> I was I was excited. So then the Beavers they were down um, thirteen seven at halftime. Defense still kind of controlled the early parts of the third quarter until uh, Colorado they found the end zone again with just over five minutes to play in the period. Beavers did however bounce back from the thirty one yard touchdown from Trello. So Oregon State, they took the lead with just over eight minutes to play. Nolan found Harrison for a 27-yard touchdown to cap off a 14-play, 80-yard drive. However, Colorado, Colorado did score a touchdown with 224 left on the clock. And then from there, that's when the obvious, like, mystifying miracle kick from Everett Hayes happened. And then Colorado scored in their first possession of overtime. And Oregon State, they came back with a Baylor touchdown. However, Oregon State, they did miss that field goal in second overtime. And then Buffalo was able to come away with the victory. Uh, yeah, that was that's a, that's a heartbreaker because you make that sixty yarder that you think yeah. no one's on top make, of the world, on top of the world, and then you know you can't miss or, or the thirty-eight yarder. Yeah, I want to say the theme for this game potentially was just missing opportunities. Oh yeah, 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 this, yeah, yeah. This has shown. I mean, Everett Hayes made the sixty-yard kick, but missed two field goals. Yeah, earlier in the game. 
Chance Nolan, even though he had an impressive game, 255 yards, touchdown, only one interception, mm-hmm. overthrew receivers left and I mean, right. Left, left and right, right. it seemed. Yeah. I, was, I was considering potentially the coaches thinking putting Sam Neuer in at halftime. Really? Quarter. You were, yeah. And in there the were some game, also this, careless underthrown passes thrown by uh, Chance Nolan, too, yeah, in that game. I mean, that I was like, I would. Yeah, like you said, I would have considered a move back to Sam Neuer. It's going to be and interesting I wonder, what they do this week in yeah. practice, but the game against Stanford should be a question, at least, if you're still rocking with Chance or if you're shaking it up. Uh, I think... That's a tough one. I think for me, I'm still going to give Nolan a chance. But, but uh, <laughs> just because he's the most experienced quarterback on the roster in terms of just this offense, he's had more experience with them. He's led on the five wins. That know? is true. You can't forget that part. He has let him to five wins. Granted, those wins made might have might have been ugly and sloppy and not that pretty, but five wins are because of him and because of BJ Baylor and Deshaun playing with Trey Low. But nonetheless, he does play a huge offense in just this team. Obviously, the coaching staff and the team trust him enough to even be the quarterback. But uh, yeah, I think I I do still think Nolan is our best our best option at quarterback because Neuer. People are still not over his Purdue performance. Um, obviously, just uh, you know, Sam Vilak, he's not experienced yet in the right role. Goldberson is still hurt at quarterback. Jemmy is obviously is hurt. hurt yeah. mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I just think that I think Nolan's our best shot that we got. I mean, I I'm still there's moments where I can't stand the man because I wish I could, he could throw better. But at the same time, he is a pretty remarkable remarkable quarterback. Uh yeah. I think I think he I think we're in good hands still. Still, yeah, so for sure. I think we're going to yeah. And right now, I think we're 12-point favorites we're against ten, Stanford 12-point favorites. It's now down to 10 and a half. If yeah. you ask me, that's a little too generous. But if you ask me, set us as underdogs. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in favorites anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's a um, little too generous. But yeah, also, two penalties were a big issue in this game, too. Yeah. Seven for 73 yards at halftime, and then we ended with nine for 88 for the entire game. And we were also way too pass happy against Colorado. The they were Beavers like were, ranked yes. 91st in like run defense or something like that. It was like, why are we steering away from the run game? Yeah. I have to give Avery Roberts his credit. Um, I saw this. Nick Dashell tweeted this. Avery Roberts was credited with five more tackles from Saturday's game, giving, oh, really? him, <laughs> giving him 13 instead of eight. Wow. And that extends his consecutive streak of double digit tackle games to six. Wow. Also, wow. he's one of. Four players in FBS in the FBS with 100 plus tackles. Wow. Okay. Wow. Hey, bravo. Also, some news from Nick Dashiell from this game. Someone asked him, "Did Trayvon Bradford get hurt against Colorado?" And he confirmed, "Yes, on a sideline catch, neck and other pains. Questionable for Saturday." Yeah. That hurts one of the Beavers' best receivers. Yeah, because one could argue that Bradford is Nolan's favorite target. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, maybe Champ Fleming. Maybe to be Champ. honest, I see him cooking <laughs> over Champ Fleming for these deep, deep passes just right <laughs> into the corner. He sneaks behind people. Nonetheless, though, yeah, losing Bradford is a huge blow for the Beavers. Uh, hope he's okay. You know, obviously, T's and peas. Ne- mm-hmm. ne- neck injuries are never really a, a thing to joke about or just even kind of like what you don't want to be a part yeah. of. Hope he's okay. But uh, nonetheless, though, I just, yeah, I just hope he's okay. But. Overall, this this Oregon State lost, and because of that loss, a lot of things changed within the Oregon State program. Some heads had it. to roll. Yeah, uh, it was actually just it was announced literally 
I guess I have a story about this too. I was making this volunteer for basketball last Sunday. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. I was, you know, doing homework. You know, just hanging out, chilling, talking to, talking to my mom. And I got an email from uh, Sean. Actually, I got a, yeah, I got an email from Sean. Schaefer? Sean Schaefer. So I have, yeah, Sean Schaefer. And um, so Sean looked for it. <laughs> uh, got an email from him, and it was very, very concerning. <laughs> what was it about? Yeah, if I could find it for you, that'd be great. All right. I'm just looking for it. <laughs> In the football game, BJ Baylor. Um, almost had triple-digit rushing yards again, finished with almost. 98 on the game. Trey Lowe was really impressive. Um, he on definitely the earned on the that ground and receiving. Too. Yeah, with no Deshaun Fenwick, on the ground he rushed for 61 yards mm. in six attempts and through the air had 52 yards on five receptions with a long reception of 26 yards. Nice. Did you find the email? I did find the email, yes. Tell me so, about it. It's it's literally the emails. It says from Oregon State University head football coach Jonathan Smith. Quote: I felt as if it was the right time to make a change in our football program, and have relieved Coach Tim Tibisar of his duties at Oregon State. Defensive coordinator Tim Tibisar. Yeah, for the football team, if you're unaware. All of us thank Coach Tibisar for his hard work and professionalism the past four years, and wish him nothing but the best moving forward. End quote. Another another quote. In the interim, Coach Trent Bray will serve as our defensive coordinator, and Coach Kendrick Van Akron will transition from defensive analyst to working on the field with our linebackers. End quote. Now, for anybody losing their job, it always sucks, but this also ends up being the right move yeah. for the team going forward here. Um, we've been very critical of Tim Tebisar on this podcast. Uh, you know, kind of putting that out there. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, it, I think Coach Smith had to make the tough decisions that needed to be made, knowing where this football team is at and knowing where they want to go uh, from here, knowing that they have bowl game aspirations. Yeah, and for sure. this move was going to come at the end of the season, most likely, but I think the Colorado game gives Smith a reason to, you know, let go of Tebisar now. Well, yeah, that too, and then it's just I guess the Cal game was a was a was a head scratcher because it was like what happened. And yeah, the Colorado I would argue was the final nail in the coffin where it was like yeah. okay, maybe Tebasar does need to go. And uh, Ryan, you and I we actually watched the press conference earlier today, and um, Jonathan Smith is like I mean, he he knew he wanted some change to come, but he never thought it would come this soon. soon. Yeah, but still, I guess. It's really, really. When you look at the numbers, it's amazing that Tebisar. Yeah, Tebisar is now yeah. eight for ten on allowing teams to score over their season average. We mentioned last episode, uh, two episodes ago, sorry, that Idaho and USC did not uh, score over that. Um, Tebisar's unit allowed seventeen out of sixteen third down attempts for the Colorado offense, forty three percent, so much improved from mm. the seventy percent against Cal, but. Both teams couldn't really get much going on third down anyway yeah, uh, right. to begin with either. But for Colorado, they amassed a season-high total in points uh, in total yards, 392 yards and 37 points, uh, and allowed a season-high 202 rushing yards for the Buffaloes, who are arguably the worst offense in the Pac-12, statistically speaking. Uh, so Definitely didn't look like it on Saturday. Didn't no, look did like not. it on Saturday, but... It looked very, very good on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> and ultimately that kind of 
you know, put the nail to, in the coffin. Yeah, it was for similar Tebisar. to the Cal game. They were just using the Beavers' own medicine against them. Yeah, yeah. literally, it's just could not stop the run. Yeah, so at, at that point, I think John DeSmith is like, all right, a change does need to happen, and it needs to happen sooner rather than later. Yeah. So Tebisar, he's out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopefully, the change goes over smoothly over uh, players and faculty, and it doesn't become an issue, especially this upcoming week yeah. defensively, because you don't want the defense to get worse. No, you never no. want the defense to get worse. No, 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 no. Defense wins championships. So. It does, yeah. So yeah. I've heard good things about Coach Bray. Yeah, I've heard. I know Ryan and I were talking about this too earlier. Uh, I think, so before we go on to that, uh, so still placed, one way. Placed, still one went away from yeah. a bowl, uh, play against Stanford. Mm-hmm. Um, Stanford did beat the Oregon Ducks. Uh, early in the season, they did. Um, go Cardinal, go Cardinal, yeah, go Cardinal. Um, but yeah, so one went away. Uh, yeah, the team just they got to find a way to bounce back after a two game losing streak. They're undefeated at home. I know John Smith talked about how he's excited to be back home because you know, student yeah. section, it's our crowd. You always want to play in front of your crowd, yeah. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, one went away. The team needs to bounce back, and quite frankly, I think that they can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep saying that. I, I sound like a broken record. I say that every week. But I do mean it this time, and I think that the Oregon State offense is going to wake up yeah. some way, somehow. I think that this team is going to make a bowl. I think that this team is going to be – I think those two last games were a fluke, personally. And, um, yeah, I just I – do, I do believe that this, this offense and this defense and this entire team is going to bounce back after this loss. I hope they do bounce back against Stanford, and I have some stats just of the series between the two schools. Okay. Um, all time, Stanford leads fifty-nine to twenty-five. Jeez. So they've dominated the Beavers uh, from years, but now it's changed. They're the supposedly the underdog. Beavers yeah. are the favorites in this situation. Um, so the Beavers are looking also in this game for the sixth win of the season, which would have be the case for the first time since twenty thirteen. Yes. Uh, Right now, the Beavers are 4-0 at home this season and are aiming to go 5-0 for the first time since 2012 mm-hmm. when they defeated Wisconsin, Washington State, Utah, Arizona State, and California. Oh, here's a little fun stat. B.J. Baylor, only 30 yards shy of 1,000 rushing yards for the season. Wow. wow. So okay. I don't know how many running backs, running backs across the country have over 1,000 rushing yards. Or I'm assuming Oregon it's not, not be many. a lot. Not many. Can't be a lot. So last time... Oh, I remember this game actually. Last time Oregon <laughs> State uh, played against Stanford, they lost twenty-seven to twenty-four on a field That's goal. Right, I was there. Yeah. I was there. Treshawn Harrison caught yeah. five passes in that game for ninety-one yards in his first career OSU game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because Treshawn Harrison he transferred, and then there was like some yeah. like eligibility and now look where issues. he is. Tajon Lindsey caught two touchdowns in that game, while Zarai Beeson finished with one. I like Zarai Beeson. He's talented. Uh, mm, I don't know. Well, yeah. I have mixed feelings about it. 26-yard field goal was made in that game by Everett Hayes with 7:18 remaining in the fourth quarter, which tied the game at 24. But like I said, Stanford's Jet Toner, however, had different plans, connected on a game-winning field goal from 39 yards out with a minute 48 remaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we talked about this before, Avery Roberts leading the Pac-12 in tackling, uh, one of the best across the country. There's just a lot to look forward to in this game. Yeah, a lot to look forward yeah. to. And so just the potential of one more win, eligible for a bowl game. We've said it three weeks in three a row weeks. now. Yeah. <laughs> Sounded uh, like a broken record, but it's still oh, all, yeah. you can, yeah. all you can hope for. Yeah, uh, like 
Uh, currently, Oregon State, they are the double-digit favorites to win as a 10.5 favorites. Right now, it was initially 12. Uh, I hate the fact that we're favorites because we were favorites last two games, and Oregon State, that look how that's We were double-digit favorites last two, or at least, like, no, favorites, yeah. yeah. We're now double-digit favorites for two straight weeks in a row. Yeah. It's like, eh. I don't believe it. No, but it might it's be more because, like two or three, if we're being honest here. Yeah, it might be because Stanford's quarterback, Tanner McKee, is potentially doubtful for this weekend. Oh, interesting. Okay. Maybe Vegas is looking into that, but... Yeah, so I know we always try to predict the score. Uh, quite frankly, I'm going to go Oregon State by three. Quite frankly, I'm done predicting. You're it's done bad predi- luck. You know what? Yeah. It's bad luck. I'm going to stop predicting. Let me not go real quick. Hold you on. know what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not... Uh, we're we're all you know we're what? gonna do is no, just no, hope for a win. No more predictions. State wins. No more predictions. Right. Um, I think that might be the curse. That might be the curse. Yeah. Unfortunately, a division title, Pac-12 championship, kind of out of the window now probably, for Oregon yeah, State. Yeah, probably out of the picture. With the bowl game still in grasp, there's a projection of which bowl game it will be and the opponent. It's looking like currently Oregon State's projected to go to the Holiday Bowl Ooh. to play Clemson. San Diego. So yeah, nice. I'd go to that. I'd go to that because I might. You live super close to that. Yeah. Not super close, like two hours. Two hours, but which is close which enough. Is close, close in enough. California. Close yeah, close enough. Close enough. But I don't know the last time Oregon State played Clemson, if ever. I don't think they've ever played. I don't think we've played. Would be super fun. It would be very cool. Yeah. But uh, I guess to end the podcast, we did mention that Trent Bray, uh, he's going to take over for Tempest right now. Uh, Trent Bray, he played at Oregon State during uh, 2002, 2005. And he previously coached linebackers for the past seven years under the John, the coach Jonathan Smith. Uh, Ryan, you have his resume pulled up. Any, any notable stats you want to point out? So for Bray, uh, some notables kind of about him. Uh, he coached former OSU linebacker Hamilcar Rashid Jr. and coached Omar Spades as a freshman, earned All-American honors in 2019. Uh, top 10 when he coached at Nebraska, ranked top 10 for rushing defense in 2015. Two Pac-12 ranked for OSU scoring defense in 2012. Three Pac-12 ranked for OSU's overall defense in 2012. 34 number of games started in his OSU career when he played here. Uh, 337 number of career tackles. Ranked sixth in school history. All conference in 2005 and 2004 when it was the Pac-10. MVP 2004 Insight Bowl MVP with then bowl record 10 tackles. Craig Bray, his father, was a longtime defensive coordinator at the FBS level. And during his stops, uh, he was a graduate assistant at Arizona State, coached Pac-12 honors linebacker and former uh, NFL linebacker Vontez Burfick uh, at Arizona State. He was linebacker's coach here at Oregon State in 2012 and 2014. Then he went to Nebraska and then has been here since 2018. And from what I can see here, looking at his resume here, he knows defense. I will say that. Yeah, he doesn't know defense. He, he knows coached defense. Tom Curry, she junior. Yeah, I think he, he knows, knows defense. Too. And places where he stopped, too, um, those places have had good rushing defenses. And right now, that's something we've lacked uh, in the past two weeks. So I'm excited to see what he does. I know Coach Smith said that for practice, at least right now, that he's trying to sort of, Bray's trying to sort of inject his own personality into the defense. And I'm kind of excited to see uh, if our scheme changes significantly on Saturday or if it's going to be somewhat of the same that we've been running uh, 
this past season. So excited to see what what things look like under Trent Bray. He gets a three game audition period to be the defensive coordinator, and then we'll know <laughs> from from there if he's the guy or if we're looking at somebody else for the job. That's the best way to put it. I'm excited too, Ryan. It should be a, a fun weekend it and should a fun be week really for fun. Beaver Sports. It's family weekend too. Yeah, it's weekend? Family, family, family weekend. weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's coming. It's, it, it, it's on coming. Friday. I'm gonna bring him through this building. Actually, you should, and I, yeah. I will be here. Um, I will be here to watch your dad. And we'll Nobody be at the football game. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Meet your dad. Whoa. Pause. Pause. I, I, it's, Pause. It's, it's almost nine o'clock. I'm sorry. I'm getting sleepy. Getting All sleepy right, guys. <laughs> thank you for tuning in to episode five of Those Damn Sports, and we'll all catch you next week. See ya.